not to blow my own trumpet, but I've had to come up with a new signature this week. Oh, really? <laughs> because I've got sent some stickers to sign to some book plates that will go in the front of my book, which, which listener is out in the UK <laughs> on May the 4th. Hey. But I didn't realise that you're not allowed to sign it with your actual signature. Are you not? No, oh, oh Nate, uh, have you? <laughs> Let's take this offline. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose not allowed, like you won't get in trouble for doing it, but like everyone told me to come up with like a separate author signature and not the one that you use with the bank and stuff. Well, otherwise... Warhammer fans, fancy my identity. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, listener, to this series two, episode thirteen of the Electronic Wireless <laughs> Show. Oh, very good. It's Little Dracula laugh unlucky for none. Yeah, lovely Dracula laugh. Uh, this is Rock Paper Shotgun's PC gaming podcast, and the only podcast you need, in my opinion, which is that of Alice Bell. And I'm joined this week by Nate. Nate's back, Hello. back, and badder than ever. And me, Dracula. <laughs> he's my new character oh god <laughs> he's not he's Bram Stoke I think the the copyright's probably up on Dracula isn't it you can be Dracula if you want and Mickey Mouse <laughs> uh, and I'm joined also by James hello James hello Nate you missed actual Nate you missed actual Jack Dracula chat last week Whoa, oh you did yeah chat. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah about the um, the Nick Cage movie. Yeah, I went to see it. How did you find it? Mo- I said last week, mostly not great, but there was some good stuff in it, and I would rather people made, you know, tried weird new things than made Disney's Marvel's Dracula, you know? So <laughs> That said, <laughs> Morbius was said, pretty great. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen Morbius. <laughs> Uh, I had a great chat with Ashley this week about whether Goofy runs the brig on a Disney cruise. <laughs> what? Say that again. <laughs> we were just talking about like what happens if you're naughty on a Disney cruise. Like, do they have a brig on the cruise ship? And if so, how perfect would it be to have Goofy be the jailer? <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, you done <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> Like doing the big cry miming in the big suit. <laughs> that would just, you know, because Disney's famous for being perfectionist with the experience, right? So yeah, yeah. How yeah. naughty! Like, I don't know. Say you like get blackout and yeah, assault Donald Duck. <laughs> <laughs> we all have moments of rage. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's up to you to control that. <laughs> he was my friend. <sighs> Sorry, anyway, yeah, that was, uh, that's what we've been talking about this week. Okay. <laughs> How are you, James? Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty decent. Um, my, 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 the burn wound on my hand is pretty much healed. Hang on. Uh, is this another plot development I missed? Oh, yeah. so I, yeah, last week I, I grabbed a, um, a metal skillet handle after it had been in the oven. Ooh. Yeah. Was it a nice uh, meal? I know. It, it's pretty nice, yeah. Um, could have done with a slightly thicker sauce, but no, I, I digress. Anyway, uh, hands, hands pretty much healed. It looks, it looks normal, more or less, except in certain, uh, like, very bright overhead light. In which it has a kind of shiny. Do you, do you know? Sometimes you get a really, when you get a really nice brownie, it has this like papery <laughs> skin on top. Yeah, it's, it's just a bit reflective. I, I have like a small patch of that on my hand. I think that's like called a, a scar. <laughs> yeah. Well, you, but you can't. You can, but you can't see it unless it, except from like a particular angle in particular light. Hang on, are you just such a robust human being? You've never had a scar before, because this oh, is course. now my head cannon. No, I have a I have a little scar on my on my other hand from when I like stepped on a football, um, and fell on like the edge of a brick wall. Does this mean you're safe it, from the French Revolution now because you've got like the hands of a labourer? Uh is it that you know? If you looked at your hands, would you notice this new scar enough to, to save you from the guillotine? Honestly, no, I don't think so. Um, That's a shame. Unless unless the inspection room was had the exact same uh, <laughs> lighting properties as as a, a band rehearsal studio in which I noticed it last night. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's hoping. Yeah, have the French like a. Uh, Pub band music. <laughs> You're right, Alice. Uh, yeah, no, sorry, I'm still stuck on Goofy the Jailer. <laughs> yeah, oh, sorry, I really just threw a st- stick of dynamite yeah. straight into the podcast there, and I'm I'm half sorry into my frontal lobe. <laughs> um, well, I, I mean, fish update probably as well, Nate, because we haven't seen. Yet. Is there anything going on with the tanks? Um, I was actually thinking I might put a couple of photos on the the Discord at some point of the new. Uh, go be grow on environments because for the first time I'd actually say I've got some pleasant aquariums with gobies in um you know they were always good for the gobies but they looked a little industrial um when they were all in the boiler but now yeah I've got a couple of quite picturesque uh, little terraced rock tanks set up with some little ones growing on yeah so nice nice news on the goby front well that's good I'm, I'm like used nice to always change. being. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah, nothing eerie has happened. Like the supernatural has not touched my fish keeping hobby in the last fortnight. And for that, I'm grateful. <laughs> As are we all, I'm sure. <laughs> um, I don't really have any any fun news. I'm afraid I've got no fish. I am. I've uh, signed up to go to a D and D. Um, group in town because I'm still trying to make friends here. Yeah. Um, and I'm trying to roll a character for it, but I don't know because I don't know the group. You know, 
I'm kind of not sure like how fun like the DM will be. Like I don't know how rule of cool it will be allowed to be, or whether they'll be like kind of sad. So you're going to go for a, like a character class where you can really sort of hedge your bets and like you could be a druid and druids and push are great. The transformation this, stuff as crazy. They're so as imber. Yeah, I but I I I'm the idiot who likes rangers. Even sorry, James, I don't know how into Dungeons and Dragons you are. Uh, not. No, well, rangers are uh, kind of the worst put together character class, but I just really like them. So I think I'm going to be a ranger, maybe be like a beast master. But I don't know if I'm allowed to be like a gnome beast master. Yeah, exactly. Like I don't know. I don't know how fun I'm allowed to be with it. So oh. I don't know. I might just make a kind of boring elf ranger what was the game i was having a look at a few a couple of years ago which was a, a D thing and it was like you know this sort of half grand strategy thing against like the devil army and you could be a druid and have a triceratops and that made me really happy do you remember what one that was i, I don't um it's like a divinity original sin boulder's gate type thing very, very faithful recreation of Pathfinder. Pathfinder, that's what it was called. It, yeah, it was Pathfinder, but it's like Pathfinder 2, like Satan Brigade or whatever it was called. It was quite good. I wish I could remember the exact name of it. But Satan yeah. Brigade is a great name for a band. <laughs> it would be really good. Uh, but yeah, you can have a Triceratops in that. And I thought that was that was very exciting. I'd love to have a, a dinosaur mate in a RPG. Who wouldn't, you know? It's like, but obviously, to get a dinosaur friend, you would have to go back in time. Oh, you crafty devil! You could lead the Satan Brigade with smarts like that, crikey! <laughs> yes, this week we're talking about time travel uh, and time travel in games. We may have talked about it before, but we're talking about it specifically this week because there are, there are a couple of time travel uh, news stories that came out first. Um, there is, a, I described this as a very nately named game. Uh, there's a time traveling detective <laughs> game that's sort of a, a Where's Wally ish game that's coming out on June the 30th and it's called Crime O'Clock. I do indeed <laughs> love that. Crime O'Clock, time for crime. Um, so you <laughs> basically get a very sort of densely illustrated map and you have to uh, pick out you know, uh, details in it to put together your crime. Sounds a bit like Hidden Folks, but, you know, with crime and time travel. And it's called Crime O'Clock. Uh, and then the other is uh, Oxen Free 2 Lost Signals has got a release date. It's coming in July. Um, July the 12th. Um, it's a sequel to Oxen Free. Oxen Free wasn't a time travel one, was it? I thought it was a chat with ghosts is. in a hole sort of a game. But you chat with the ghost sort of via time travel, and I think there is this branching kind of like Oxen Free um, Two has Oxen Free Two. You go back in time through tears that the ghosts speak to you through. So you'll be in a mine, for example, stuck, and then to get out of the mine, you go back to when the mine was operational and use you know a lift. Oh, so they're time or ghosts or zeitgeists? Yeah. <laughs> Is that what Zeitgeist is? As opposed to flabbergasts, which are fat ghosts. <laughs> no, Look at this no. knowledge being dropped. <laughs> Very good. Um, so I, I thought we could talk about time travel as a thing in games, because people have been, I think, fascinated with it 
for since games began, but very few games do it very well. So I thought we could talk about that a bit and maybe get excited for Crime O'Clock and Oxen Free 2. Um, and Nate, you immediately said you had something you wanted to talk about. Yeah, the one that always jumps out, because I, I don't like time travel really as a device ever, and that would be what I, you know, I'd be fairly sure of that as my strongly held opinion. Uh, but then I played the Titanfall 2 campaign, which... I was going to talk about Titanfall 2. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. It's amazing. I've said yeah. about three times in the history of this podcast that it it's, you know, I think the platonic ideal of a, a first-person shoot, a single-player campaign. Um, and, yeah, a, a relatively hidden gem, I would say, considering it got overshadowed quite a lot on release. And, yeah, there's this one level, if you haven't played, where you and your big friendly robot friend who puts you in his tummy so you can control him sometimes uh, arrive at like a busted research facility and you're trying to make your way through it and there's all like you know big holes and stuff and like future monsters growling about the place but by like I don't know like straining really hard pressing a button you can revert to like I don't know a couple of years previously when the place was pristine and like you know, get through a fire that's there in the future or whatever. And so, yeah, it's been done since in a couple of things, and it might have been done before, but just the very... It it was that kind of very basic puzzle solving that nonetheless makes you feel like a genius because you're using a cool gimmick to do it. I, I mean, this is where I say that I did not play Titanfall 2. So. Really? Yeah. But it sounds great. It's one of those ones where everyone says it's amazing and I sort of feel like I should play Titanfall and I am the reason there's no Titanfall 3 right like it's it's people like me this didn't is, play it it had a great scenery chewing South African villain as well um who was great fun like really yeah lovely acting in it nice little story um cracking boss fights as well what was your favorite bit other than the time travel James I, I liked how it it's a bit Half-Life 2-ish in that it um kind of introduces these like fun mechanical twists but only for like a level and then drops them but then moves on to the next one so it never feels like so it feels like it's constantly refreshing itself but also not like ditching a ditching a good idea and then going back to like a status quo there's always like something new to play with alternating between like bloke segments and titan segments were really clever for that as well because it it yeah. never let anything stick around long enough to get dull. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, like same with the time travel thing. Like you could, I, you could maybe make a longer game out of that, but I can't imagine it being a full like six or seven hour campaign without it getting a bit samey. But yeah, in in Titanfall two, that's kind of like you have your fun with that, and then you go replace it with this massive scale platforming and electricity gun mechanic which is also kind of cool oh my goodness yeah but, is that is it the level afterwards where they've got the giant factory making like houses uh no i think that's the one before it but that's, that's also right. that's also really good because you don't know what's going on at first do you it's just why are no, these no, no. huge bits of concrete rotating yeah until until there's a moment where you're like oh i'm about to die 
Yeah, it's a that's a lovely old sport, Titanfall 2. Oh yeah, so good. Um, Alice, did you play Dishonored 2? I did, and that, that was what I was waiting to pounce on. Cause yeah, because it's, it's basically the... in the Titanfall 2 love. Yeah, the... the the, I think that I think the two games release like within two weeks of each other, which is funny because they have like they both have a level with more or less the exact same mechanic. Um, but yeah, of the, course, the time, yeah. yeah, the time the time traveling mansion bit in Dishonored yeah, is great. like very yeah very similar. Oh yeah, the, that actually does it about as well, doesn't it? <laughs> I, I I prefer I preferred it in Titanfall because it's it escalates a bit more. I think to the point where you need you do need to literally be going like. Buzzed, 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 like switching between the two to get through these really fast-paced, uh, fast-paced platforming bits. Oh, the um, one where yeah, you're like, falling down a pipe with all the fire. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, also, <laughs> I remember how in Dishonored Two, the item that you used was like a a mirror that uh, reflected like the the other timeline. But it rent like they, the way they did that was to just render the whole world inside the mirror, so it halved your performance. Whenever you Is that the, right? I didn't know that. The, whenever you took the mirror out. Oh, yeah. Other than that, that's amazing. Oh, do you know I was actually was reading really a thing on because I was trying to make myself more knowledgeable in the beans arts, uh, and I was reading about okay. how they do the different methods of doing mirrors in games, and that's actually a really good application for ray tracing. It turns out. Yeah. See, I learned the thing. Are you proud? Very proud. <laughs> Oh, actually, can I take a moment just to read a Beans metaphor um, that was a comment on um, the podcast post on a couple of weeks ago on the website? It's about ray tracing. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. I just thought you'd like this one. Imagine This is from um, RPS commenter Grandstander. Imagine it's 1850. Across the US, scores of young men and women are eating a newish recipe called baked beans, made on the half by their stern but loving mothers using a variety of ingredients including pork, molasses, mustard, onions and various spices. Fast forward 20 years, you're a Civil War veteran living outside Deadwood and you're one of those kids who ate those beans. You'd do anything for a quick, easy pot of baked beans at the end of a long day of cattle driving. Well, you're in luck because produce magnate Nathan Vitia has teamed up with renowned chef Clementine Ray to form a new company, Envitia and Ray Traced Baked Beans. Their logo is traced on each bean, which promises to deliver in a can the recipe you loved as a kid, saving you time and money. You get a can as soon as you're able, heat them up, and they're pretty good. Something isn't quite right. Some of the ingredients don't store as well, so they had to take some substitutions to get you as close as possible to what you now think of as the real beans, but they're absolutely delicious, even though you can tell something isn't exactly right. But Nathan Vitter is known for pushing boundaries. He finds a leader in industrial canning technology, Leslie T. Path. Together, they're able to deliver every detail, every spice in the mustard, everything you remember, and Vitter and Path traced baked beans have brought you as close to the real beans as you have ever experienced. Unfortunately, they're five bucks a can. (laughs) Isn't that amazing? Absolutely outstanding. That's Grandstander, everybody. Grandstander, well done. Oh, well done. Yeah. Oh, that's brilliant. (laughs) That's excellent. (laughs) Bit of time travel for you. Crikey. Yeah. There's also a a much shorter, but also very good um, explanation, uh, beans-based metaphor for path tracing on the Discord by um, just someone by the name of David. Um, uh, Should should I read this one out as well? Please. Yeah, go for it. I feel like this, this was like, incredibly 
outstandingly better than the one I did on the podcast. <laughs> um, so credit credit to David for this. The cowboy fires lots of bullets, which ricochet around and end up embedded all over the place. Finding all the bullets takes a lot of effort. The ricochets are reflections, and the places that the bullets end up are what you see when ray tracing. Path tracing is when each bullet breaks apart and scatters when it hits something. You end up with more bullet fragments, and finding them more is a lot harder. The cowboy has realised that the really small bullet fragments aren't important, so they ignore these and only find the big ones. This is still harder than finding full bullets, but makes it easy enough that it's possible. These people are poets. I know, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, I do. I thank you for the little hard word division uh, diversion there. But uh, yeah, do join the Discord. The listeners are lovely and funny and wholesome and have really respectful chats about a lot of uh, interesting topics. So uh, I do recommend it. And if you don't enjoy podcast chats specifically, there's a lot of good stuff in the Discord to do with games and there are groups that go gaming together it's lovely oh yeah um, this is only the tip of the beans iceberg oh god imagine an iceberg made of beans <laughs> gruesome <laughs> that would really change the whole tenor of the the titanic movie wouldn't it yeah you know, the bit where like the kids are playing football with ice on the deck but it's just <laughs> <laughs> uh let's time travel back to earlier in this segment where we were talking about time travel um yes do you enjoy it as a thing in a game as a as a theme um like i say on principle no because it's just a recipe for dissatisfaction i think it's so hard to sell meaningfully from a like a narrative yeah, it, you know, and one now I'm, I'm hopeful to being you know given lots of counterexamples here, but one area it's never really looked into, but I think would be really interesting is is like the use of save files, um, at, you know, it, or the directly involving them in a mechanic because um, that is the. Yeah, the only way I can think of you are literally time traveling when playing games is by going back to earlier saves. And I'm just off the top of my head, I can't think of any game that does anything particularly clever with that. Can you? Mm. Mm. Um. Yeah, see, now you got me there. Because, <laughs> do you know what I mean? It seems. It seems ripe for use that, you know, something sort of being a bit clever and fourth wall And I can think of things that have used, like, you know, your file architecture on your computer for fun and games. Um, and I've done sort of quirky things with that. But I can't think of anyone who's done a time travel mechanic with it. Whenever I think of messing with save files, I always just think of Doki Doki Literature Club, which I don't <laughs> think is a, is a time travel game. <laughs> but that kind of thing, right? Yeah, I that's mean, what I'm thinking of. Yeah, I see because you're, you're you're like you're messing with actual historical record in a way. Yeah, it's just quite exciting. Mm. Okay. Did you play um, the Forgotten City, Nate? No, I didn't. No, I feel like you would have liked it. It's full of shouting Romans. <laughs> that is a big plus point in its favour. It's got to be said. Yeah, yeah. But that I, that's not really an example of it either. 
but that's a very I mean the whole thing about that is you travel in time you loop back 24 hours or to the start of the the same day every single time and eventually you the the decisions you make sort of accrete so that you know exactly what to do and uh can sort of do the perfect day um and make everything go right it's really good um and there are multiple endings as well but i don't think that's that's kind of that's thing. kind of what you do in death loop <laughs> yes i wanted to talk about death loop as well honestly instead, that's instead, how i play hitman 3 instead of making things okay you just have to <laughs> kill the right people in the right order it's I, I do think you know the time loop concept does have massive mileage in games because but yeah i'm mean, is that especially sort of immersive sims sort of sandbox type games that's pretty much one of the most valid ways of playing them is just getting slightly better at at going through the same little bit of simulated time over and over again mm. yeah i wanted to talk about death Leave because that uh was a, a huge hit and we actually we've got um an interesting interview on rps right now which was with uh Arcane's uh, founder, Raphael Colantonio, who uh, he was there. He's left the studio now, but he was there when they were starting work on Deathloop. And it was sort of left over from like a lot of their games uh, kind of have a, a piece of this one game they tried to make called uh, The Crossing, which was a sort of asynchronous multiplayer where you uh, went into an alternate universe, Paris, that was, I think, uh, controlled by the Templars and all the NPCs you would run into, like the NPC squads, would be other players and they never kind of made it. They got quite far with a a test kind of version, test build of it, but you can see bits of it in their other games and and the asynchronous thing is obviously a big thing in Deathloop as well where you just can be invaded by another player who can just come and kill you. Wasn't he the fellow uh, behind Weird West as well? Yep, that's your man. Oh, because yeah, I can see the DNA in there as well. Yep, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, so then, (laughs) is there, and this is getting into a classic uh, uh, kind of definitional argument, such as uh, we've got into on the podcast, are you, in a way, making any game a, t- a time travel game if you save scum enough? <laughs> yes, yeah. Because you're, like, groundhog-daying yourself. Well, yeah, because I suppose, you know, saying that no one's really made the save scumming thing, you know, in into a within-the-game feature off the top of my head doesn't mean it's not an integral part of playing, you know... Look at it personally, like RimWorld or XCOM. Um, yeah, saves coming is completely hard baked into my playing of those to the point where I can see the point of them having Iron Man modes that you can select on the main menu. Um, you're basically choosing whether to play it as a time travel game or not with that. Yeah, I mean, part of me, I, I just kind of want to say no, it doesn't, <laughs> even though I raised the question, but. I don't know. I mean, the quick save feature in Half Life, when it was, you know, that was a new thing, that felt very time travel y. Yeah. 
Yeah, I can see that, like, uh, of its time. What, James, what do you think? Uh, would it have to be, for it to be true time travel, would it need to be the case that everything happens exactly the same every time? Because sometimes you can get, like, variants through, like in XCOM, you get, you know, random chances whether um, a shot hits or, like, where an enemy moves. Um, How would Descartes have reacted to XCOM? (laughs) (laughs) Like a sectoid that doesn't miss the shot every time, like, disproves his entire... Like, that would break him. That would absolutely break him. Let's get him resurrected and playing XCOM right now. Which of the great philosophers, if resurrected, would most enjoy XCOM? <laughs> Please email in podcast at rockpapershotgun.com. Just watching Sun Tzu battering War of the Chosen. <laughs> oh dear. Oh, okay. I mean, that's maybe an indication that this discussion is broken down, but are you looking forward to... <laughs> to Oxen free to either of you. I kind of am. I didn't really get into the first one, but I like the second one from playing the demo because it's a bit more uh, like the characters are older and they're a bit more sort of like lost millennials kind of treading water, which resonates a bit more strongly. Obviously. Is it? Is it the? So I, I didn't play the original Oxen free. Is it the same characters in the original, but just like no. ten years older? No. No, different, different new characters okay. in a different situation. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to it. Okay. I, I think I'm more interested in Crime O'Clock. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's fair. That's my speed. <laughs> oh, the name is all the pitch you need, really, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> I love the art style as well, it's got to be said. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to what we've been playing then. So lads... What have you been playing? You talk about what you've been playing because I think I'll be able to talk about what I've been playing, but I just need to double check the embargo. <laughs> oh, fine. So, yeah. So, uh, Nate, what have you been playing? Uh, it's been Hitman 3 for me, actually, hence I mentioned it um, a minute ago. You remember uh, I wrote that thing ages ago about playing Hitman without saving and, and how much fun that is. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I've just been just going back to that with some of the levels I haven't played because it's. Every time I go back to Hitman 3, there are like really appealing levels that I can't believe I've never had a go at. So I've been I've been beasting Mumbai this week. Um and also the uh um Bangkok level, which is in the hotel. And I find that a bit more limiting because I, I essentially half of the reason I play a Hitman level is to have a sort of a tourist experience and I really like to walk around the area listening to people's conversations and having 47 lean handsomely on a harbour side uh, and and do things like that but you know there's not so much scope for that when you're trapped in one building uh, with murder on the mind so yeah been been enjoying some of that okay yeah yeah that's always the kind of uh the more fun bit for me than the actual murder, I think, is exploring the levels and seeing all the little sort of Swiss cheesy ways you can go around them. Yeah, I get this sort of moment of melancholy sometimes in Hitman where I'm just really enjoying role-playing as a normal human being and I realise that, you know, 
the game doesn't have much more to offer me until I break the script and become a monster. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, do you know what? I just checked into this hotel and the dudes let me up into the room and the bed looks really comfortable. And like a lady flirted with me on the stairs, you know, 47 could just have a nap, you know, go down and have a drink with a sexy lady at the bar, watch the sunset, (laughs) you know, no funny business, go to sleep. Enjoy a trip to a temple the next day. Why not? But no. <laughs> Got to abduct a janitor, strangle them, and use their clothes to trick your way into the presence of a rock star who needs to die. Haven't we all been there? Yeah. Such a metaphor for life. Uh, what have you been playing, James? Um, <laughs> uh, are, you, are you allowed to talk about the game that you were Yeah, we can about? talk about it. I've tried, okay, yeah. so I have also been playing Star Wars Jedi Survivor. <laughs> um, I'll be only like the first two hours. Um, which Why have e- you only played the first two hours, James? Is there some kind of weird thing that's <laughs> preventing us from playing the game? Well, well, Alice. Okay, so <laughs> um, this is quite this is quite a complex situation, um, which might get us in trouble it, with. It won't get us in trouble. It's quite it's quite inside baseball. It. Yeah. Okay. It's so, not. It's just the nature of the beasts. Like, they only gave us one code, but we needed multiple of us. Like, every outlet only got one co- code, but we all needed to play it, except uh, we did. So, we had to open it through EA, EA's app, which um, is not great. Um, so, for some of us trying to play it, it just it was bugged and it wouldn't open. Then they fixed that. Um, but now it turns out that only five computers can access a game. Uh, <laughs> and there are six of us who've been trying to play it at various points. See, like a gang of malnourished desperados, really long forks, all trying to eat out the same rusty can. Yeah. <laughs> and that, James, how would you complete the metaphor? Um, um, so Liam has agreed to starve to death. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, that, the other, so that the other five of us might be able to subsist of his share of the beans <laughs> I hope they're good beans but... um, what, what's really important is making sure that Alice gets enough beans to live because she's the one who's uh, sending a telegram to the bean company explaining the qualities and foibles of the beans <laughs> And as it stands, yesterday basically it turned out that I was I'd lost the the drawer for the beans, so I didn't get anything to eat uh, all of yesterday. And I'm hoping I'll be able to get a forkful today, because otherwise, <laughs> otherwise the telegram will be like a... <laughs> until next week. There'll be no telegram and just a really fat Ollie bean juice all <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> Ollie's eating all the beans, the brick. <laughs> Here is how to eat the beans. <laughs> but but yeah. Alice, have you have you got into the game at all since we got the code? Yeah, yeah, I played a bunch of it. At, so this is going out on uh, Thursday, and the embargo uh, was yesterday. As you're listening to this, so by now you'll know if I got any more beans. <laughs> <laughs> it's a time travel uh, story. It is a time travel story. So I have played quite a bit of it. I just haven't played enough that I would be comfortable writing a review um, for our, our good readers. So I will write something, like a fun impressions piece. Um, and Can just you make say a, the review. 
a lightsaber noise that encapsulates your feelings about the game so far. Each of you. Oh, God. Uh, uh, wing. Good, good. Um, <laughs> Is that uh, a Wookiee in grief? Uh, yeah. Uh, I think mine would be more kind of like, one, like... It's uh, it's fine. I've recorded uh, my chat with Liam about my favourite thing in the game. Uh, and I, so far I would say that Star Wars Jedi Survivor is like Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, but more, and that is for good and ill. So it's got, you know, the combat is expanded and is more complex and kind of better, but also there's just a lot more useless shit in it as well. Like the reason Ollie is such a, a fat guides editor is because... I think there are like 600 collectibles in this game. Oof. <laughs> Which is more collectibles than any game needs, you know. And they're mostly just to like give your little man different hair. <laughs> oh, I don't like to collect things. <laughs> no. So but there's not loads of there's there's not loads of like bum cloths quests to do, really. <laughs> it's um just very big areas. But sorry, for new listeners, you want to explain what I mean by that? <laughs> oh, that was, uh, yeah, my, my wife Ashley's disparaging term for NPC side quests uh, when we were playing Horizon together. And she's like, oh, I don't, don't care about Billy's bum cloths or whatever and how badly they need washing. <laughs> Leave them aside, forward to the main quest. So yeah, bum cloths for me now are forever NPC side quests. Yeah. So there are there are a few of those, but there are like a, a lot about it is very good, I think. Um, but it, it's also just that like it's it's a big game with a you know huge budget with a Disney property, so it's not going to do it's not going to take any like big swings yeah. really creatively. It's a very well made game, and that's fine. Any you know? massive sort of honkaroony set pieces that 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 you would mention? Um, I always like a big Star Wars. Like large monster slash vehicle being used in an unorthodox fashion for a set piece. Um, there are a few, yeah. Um, there's a rancor. Oh yeah, you mentioned fight. that before. Yeah, the man with the big hands. He's always good for good for a laugh. Yeah, that was fun. Because you can put um, the bones in his gob, can't you? Yeah, I've found, I've I've the uh, main bad guy as well. It's like diversity lose uh, the bad guy in. A Star Wars game is once again a disabled man because he's uh, he's uh, an amputee. He's missing one of his arms, but like diversity win, he's a hot little twink. So I, don't know. <laughs> um, I do like him. That actually one of the, my favorite cutscenes in it was like when you see him in the past before he's evil, and but like you immediately know he's evil because the vo- the voice actor's doing that thing where they're like, "I'm gonna be evil later, but I need to sort of." <laughs> have a sec do you know it's like there's a lot of doing that voice yeah they're doing a voice where it's like semi-evil voice like they're talking about nice things but in a really like murderous way (laughs) it's great to see the younglings enjoying their training yeah exactly yeah (laughs) exactly that and and you find him in a great cutscene where he's like floating in a tank and he's got a face and he's he's um sort of very albino as well so he's got and he's got like a an oxygen mask on and he looks just looks like a Morton Joe and and I was just sat there like don't open the tank don't let the tank guy out what are you doing <laughs> don't let the tank guy out 
Um, but that is there's a lot of it that's really really fun. You your lightsaber noise sounded more positive than mine. Uh, it's kind of like yeah, I was going for like a eh, but with a wing. Um, because it's not. It's a bit more soulsy than what I'm normally into. Um, mm. uh, I I don't I'm allergic to being stunlocked in games. Um, but it's still it's still like quite fast and flowing. Um, especially once you get the dual lightsaber stance, uh, which suits my playstyle of just sprinting at people and hitting them with my laser swords. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah. Was it yeah, the like, podcast I, I, Discord where someone had the username Stunlock Holmes? Oh, that's brilliant. <laughs> because it is, it's burned into my brain as one of the best usernames I've ever seen. <laughs> oh, no. Very good. Um, but yeah, I like, I'm, I, I say I'm only two, like two hours into it, but all of that was just on the, cor- the Coruscant. Am I saying that right? Coruscant. 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 The city, the city planet. My, my Star Wars fan. Friends Hard mode London. Send me hate mail after this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I was playing that thinking that would just be like the tutorial, but no, I was there for a good like 90 minutes. Yeah, um, it's a big opening section. Big, big opening section. Is it, uh, you, you said it's like a big, big game, right? It's not a. Yeah. It's not like a little seven it's, hour jobby. No, it's big. It's big. Yeah, yeah. The first area, wait, because you have a, um, a little home base in this one as well. That sort of uh, more people come to live in it as you collect new friends and it gets better and stuff. Yeah. Uh, and that area, that world that it's on, which is the first world you go to, uh, it's huge. And my advice would be to like follow the main quest and leave that world as soon as possible because you get bored. Um, but uh, yeah, big. It's an embiggened game. Um, Does it have the classic it's... Star Wars three planets formula? It's got more. I, d- I don't know exactly how many it has because as I record this, I, I would hesitate to say oh, it has course, several yeah. planets. Um, and uh, as well, I was my favorite thing about it is that it has quite a lot of prequel memes energy because it's got <laughs> it's got B one battle droids in it who just, just walk around being like I'm the luckiest droid ever, and then you like slice the head off. That was um, a really good battle droid voice. In fairness, thanks. And and then it has. Like, I would say maybe one in five of the stormtroopers you come across is really peppy as well. And and you the combat is really fun and you can do a lot of cool stuff with it. Um, and, you know, you can parry and then insta-kill some enemies. So <laughs> sometimes, but not always, everything lines up perfectly and you get the right combination of, like, combat bark and uh, kill animation where, like... A stormtrooper will run at you saying, like, I'm trying to get a promotion! And then you'll parry him and throw him to the floor and, like, stab him through the dick with your lightsaber because the animation didn't quite line up. It's really great. I got got one who, um... I I think he just, like, attacked me normally and I blocked him or something. And he he just, like, deadpans, I'm unsure if this is working. And then he (laughs) just dies in one hit. Yeah, it's great. I think they had a lot of fun with the... Yeah, the combat barks because Cal Kestis himself is a bit of a, a loaf of bread, but um, but with I, uh, bread that you can give different hair to. So <laughs> I get the imp- so, like I said, I've not played the original. Is he like a lot more bloodthirsty in this one? Uh, I don't know, especially. He, I don't know. It's hard to say. I think, he, but he I show, think he all... shows up with a beard, and then like no yeah. spoil- 
no spoilers, but something bad happens, and there's just a, a shot of him, like, very threateningly turning on his lightsaber, as if he were <laughs> about to slaughter a hall full of younglings. I think that's but, the whole thing with, like, both of these games, though, is they talk a lot about Balance of the Force and how evil the Empire are, and then you'll just do the most gruesome kill finisher moves where you slice yeah. people in half down the middle. Um he is more, you can tell he's like hardened because he has facial hair. Yeah. So he's a bit like, mm. he's a bit uh, more stoic and, a bit, you know, struggling with the weight of responsibility and whatever. Um, I don't, I don't know really. Like the, the, <laughs> again, no spoilers, but like a bunch of characters you don't know are introduced by Cal basically saying like, these four people who you've never met before are my best friends in the world. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And the events continue as you might expect. Um, um, uh, but no, I, I, I'm having a good time with it. I think if you like the first one, you'll like this one. And if you like Star Wars, this one feels somehow more Star Warsy to me than like the TV shows and the movies recent of recent times. I think. There you go. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to attempting to stick my rusted fork back into the <laughs> rapidly emptying tin yeah i don't know if the tin will get taken away from us i don't think so <laughs> the fire flickers think, as it dims you hear wolves i think, <laughs> I, I think we're allowed to, to keep the tin well today um apparently they might be bringing not a not a new full tin but they will be they will be coming to replace Replace the replace the contents. In, they're going to decant the contents into a possibly shinier tin. Yeah, but we're not allowed to use that tin. We have but to eat it? our beans without internet connectivity in case <laughs> in case the tin explodes or something. What's they making you sit in like a lead wagon? Yeah, <laughs> eating your your beans in the absolute hottest part of the Western day. And if you're lucky, yeah. some sweating ogre of a cowboy is going to ladle a few more beans into the <laughs> tin that you're all sitting around sweating. No, it's not. It's like if we weren't in the lead <laughs> wagon, the beans might become poisoned. <laughs> <laughs> the metaphors are out of control. Speaking of, let's move on to a good day to wear hard. James, what beans metaphor have you got this week? <laughs> well, uh, well, um, unfortunately, it's bad news. Uh, AMD Ryzen chips are melting. Um, not because they are in a lead wagon in the uh, California sun. Uh, so specifically, Ryzen 7000 and 7000X3D processors uh several users of which have recently reported suffering from severe overheating problems damaging the Ooh. chip and even burning out part of the motherboard socket Ooh. Uh, now mm. according to tomshardware.com the cause for this appears to be uh soc voltages or system on chip voltages being altered to unsafe levels in the course of overclocking now Usually when you overclock a CPU or memory too far, even through, either through, like, core speeds or voltages, your system will detect that something is wrong and, like, shut itself down before the damage is done. Um, unfortunately, in the case of these Ryzen chips, it seems that when 
SOC voltages get too high, they can destroy the processor's thermal sensors and thermal protection mechanisms, which Ooh. is what the which is what the processor uses to know if it's running too hot. That's kind, of like, okay. that's kind of like that's kind of darkly funny, is it not? It's like it's like shooting the medic at the start of a battle. It's <laughs> it's, it's taking out it's taking out the one component that keeps everything else alive. So is it, they've just been designed so that that crucial regulatory mechanism is is sitting very very vulnerable to heat damage. It it can it can allegedly be damaged by the the thing it's supposed to protect against. Yes. Oh. I suppose mm. there's no real way to fix that, is there? Well, uh, well, so uh, Tom's Hardware also report that AMD are working on some kind of fix. Um, it could be uh, like a voltage cap or locking certain overclocking options in the BIOS. Uh, but yeah, PS, uh, PSA, if you have one of these chips, uh, don't go nuts for the voltages. Is overclocking something you do manually with like a screwdriver or by... <laughs> Like interrogating the spirits. How do you, how do you do it? Uh, well, it's normally done in the BIOS. Um, that, that's like the, the the mega codes that's imprisoned within the hardware, right? Yeah, yeah, sort of. Is if you if if you like mash the delete key when your yeah. computer's starting up, you can go in and see the matrix a bit. Um, but there, there there are some some applications that let you do it on desktop as well. Okay. Um, I mean, would I, would either of you ever do an overclocking? Because it is it, it's free performance when it works. The only problem is when it doesn't work, it, it burns all most expensive components to cinders. It, it's genuinely Alleged, sorcery allegedly. to me. Absolute sorcery. I'm in awe of anyone who can fathom that sort of thing. Alice, is that yeah, within your I mean, power? No, not at all. Not even a little bit. <laughs> Not even know, but I need to talk to you, to James at some point because I need to, um, like I. It turns out I have the shittest computer of any of the RPS staffers. <laughs> so, oh no! Yeah, I know. Yeah. What, what, what do you have? What um, like what graphics card do you have? Uh, I've got like a, a Nvidia um, uh, GeForce. Uh, I've got a ten seventy, and everyone else has at least like two okay. generations. <laughs> Above. so it's not like I mean, the worst not, ever but... that's not terrible um yeah okay yeah well we'll, we'll, we'll chat about that offline but uh, yeah, yeah i, I um... think they they're, they're maybe gonna like let me get one let, please sir may i have some beans <laughs> <laughs> god it's like the is this the third or fourth uh beans metaphor this episode it's been a, a blockbuster hasn't it Mm. It's beans heavy, yeah. <laughs> beans forward. I guess in this one there are cowboys like coming out to the west who've got like throats that are too wide and they're just eating beans at such a rate that they're bursting. <laughs> and no one will tell the cowboys just to narrow their throats. <laughs> they're having to wear like neckties that are too tight to stop them, you know, like when fishermen put iron bands around a cormoran's neck to stop it swallowing the fish it catches. Yeah. My um, I I, I guess my my hardware editor's secret shame that I don't say to other hardware editors is that I'm like I'm 
really not into overclocking. Like I'd rather I'd rather just fuck. <laughs> I'd wow, rather it's just fucking loser. It's just a it's just a faff. It's a faff. It's based on a load of trial and error. Just I'd rather just buy something that you know does the speed I want out of the box. But yeah, yeah. hopefully no one. Um, <laughs> Hopefully, no one from Digital Foundry is listening and yeah, re- you're reports, get, me to, like, reports me to Graham or something. <laughs> yeah, you're bullying emails from Bridge Ledbetter. From, from HR. <laughs> <laughs> we just wish you to know this is sanctioned company policy bullying. You'd be felt unenthusiastic about overclocking and therefore lame. <laughs> All right, let's. Uh, now, Nate, you've bigged this up quite a lot, and there's been two weeks of anticipation. So let's head to the Tower of Jocularity. Yeah, let's go. All right, Nate, describe the tower this week. Okay, one second while I just bring up a web page. Oh dear, this never bodes well when he does this. No, it's okay. It's just historical research. I just want to be correct. Um, oh God, okay. Uh, there was going to be sound effects this week, but I thought, you know, let's keep that special. So you're just going to have to paint a picture with your minds, okay? Okay, all right. It is the Sengoku period, uh, the warring states um, of Japan, uh, the period of continuous upheaval between the 15th and 16th century. And you uh, are bodyguards to... Uh, oh, choose a shogun. Um <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, no, no, no. You can be uh, you can be bodyguards to Oda uh, Nobunaga, who was the the big unifier um, at the end of the 16th century. Okay, and uh, you've received a number of credible threats uh, to Oda's life. Um, there were conspirators, uh, a number of samurai who met in secret. Um, to put this plot together. And all that you have left from a meeting is seven haikus about their favorite video games. Now, you know, as spy masters, uh, the the PC gaming tastes of every major noble in Japan. So if you can only figure out what games these are talking about, uh, you, you can have the conspirators beheaded um, and maintain uh, the, the, the really tenuous stability um, that the great unifiers managed to achieve so far. So you ready for these uh, these haiku? Okay. Okay. <laughs> and if you can guess them, I'll give you bonus points. Uh, if you can guess them before the last line. Okay. 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 Rough day at wolf school. Spooky <laughs> riders in the sky. Scorpions in baths. <laughs> oh, the Witcher! The Witcher! Um, Which one? Um, three. Yes, correct. Um, <clears throat> one man. One man, many hats. A global buffet to sate this assassin's greed. One man. I. I think that's Agent Forty Seven because the assassin's greed thing is a. I think he's trying to throw us off there. One man, many hats, a global buffet to sate this assassin's greed. Is it? Is it Hit- Hitman Three? 
Uh, it's Hitman World of, World Assassination. of Assassination. Oh. Uh, right. Connecting circles. Up becomes sideways. Then down. <laughs> Mommy's a robot. Portal. Yep. Very good. <laughs> Mommy's a robot. <laughs> That feels weirdly porny. <laughs> it does. That's portal. The taste of warm bird. Can it cleanse a man's palate of 99 deaths? Oh, taste of warm bird. Warm bird. 99 deaths. Warm bird. Oh my god. In what game? Might you experience that taste after killing 99 people? Oh, 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 PUBG. Plank yes. Oh, yeah, winner, winner, chicken dinner. <laughs> that was good. That was... That's very good. Thanks for the clue. This is great. Do this every time. Lost in a snowstorm. An inn, a place by the fire, playing cards with orcs. Playing cards with orcs, lost in, in uh, Hearthstone. Yep, yep, you're right. See, it was all snowstorm, blizzard. I'm good at this. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. History repeats: castles rising and falling for twenty-four years. Age of Empires. Woo! <laughs> God. A man spinning. His arms, machines. Although he never asked for them. (laughs) (laughs) Which one is it, though? That's a a Deus Ex Human Revolution. Clues in the first line, yeah. It's a Uh, good one. Well, you've. I thought I was was referring to um, one of the animations he does for the the augmentation that shoots sort of explosive. BBs out of his arms where he does like a little twirl. Oh, let's pretend I was referring to that as well. <laughs> and then it's got a double meaning as well as human revolution. That's good. Okay, well, I, what can I say? Um, you saved the daimyo. Um, that's lucky. We may return to the Warring States period. I, I can feel a serial here. But for it's now, it's time to travel good. back to the present. That was brilliant. Thank you, Nate. Thank you, Nate. We need to well, let's, we need to arrange some uh, some honourable suicides. Let's go. <laughs> all right, lads. Uh, that's it, I think, for the pod. So all that is left now is to do recommendations because every week we recommend something that is not a video game. Uh, lads, James, what are you recommending this week? Uh, I know it's incredibly uh, not cool in the current uh, environmental climate to drink bottled water. However, um, I went to a restaurant last week that um, sold a brand called Tao, and my God, it is the best water I have ever consumed in my life. It, <laughs> For real? Yeah, it's it's so... Uh, has a slight sweetness to it, but is beautifully clean and crisp, and it... Um, Bro, you're thinking of Pepsi. <laughs> <laughs> it just, oh man, it, it's it's. I, I've been getting a bit into 
with some water. <laughs> this I, is gold. I, I think now, now that I've because I've been I've been drinking uh, more and more bottled water, um, which I know which I know is not cool. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm starting to I'm starting to more have a, have a keener sense of the different <laughs> flavors of water you, you get in water. Yeah. Um, I'm and, I'm not a bully. James, but so help me God, I will bully you with this. <laughs> this is your glistening foods moment. But yeah, to, um, to... This is the start of the James Law. <laughs> yeah. The water goddess, every, yeah, has every locked week up. In, every week a new water recommendation. <laughs> <laughs> a new segment, H2O, yeah. <laughs> um yeah uh tau water t-a-l um which it apparently means welsh for quiet or something hmm. similar to quiet um it, it's from a uh, welsh spring um oh. so yeah oh, give it a bloody go yeah tau tau water very good uh, is this now a I'm... tau water cast <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, and, and do you know what? The bullying will cease there. You've won my respect back. <laughs> Great, we'll have a joke, Prime Minister. There you go. Um, I'm going to recommend a movie called Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. Um, it's a sort of horror thriller um, movie uh, about a group of old friends who are kind of rich um american like college age teens who are having a party at one of the richest ones houses during a storm and the lights all go off and they start dying basically and they're all trying to figure out which one of them is killing people and it is funny in not like a horror comedy but it is funny in how it you know observes some of the characters very well and it's got lee pace in it Oh, lovely face. Lovely. Who doesn't? Lovely Lee. Yeah, so that's my recommendation. Bodies, bodies, bodies. Uh, and it's fun to say as well. I always like a recommendation that's fun to say. Oh, it's a good uh, one. Yeah. Nate, what are you recommending this week? Uh, sweet treat for you all. Um, there is available in, well, wherever you usually get something like this, a Bon Maman uh, chocolate cherry mousse which is a lovely layer of cherry coulis and uh, delicious Bon Maman chocolate mousse uh, full of sizable cherry pieces. Um, if you like the uh, sort of Black Forest character build archetype for a dessert, then uh, this is definitely one you'll enjoy. I found it superlative. All right. Lovely. I love a food wreck from, from Nate. Yeah, sometimes you just have a real tasty morsel. You know what would Very pair? Good. You know what would pair really nice with that? What's that? <laughs> <laughs> a good quality water. <laughs> a nice sip of hydrogen <laughs> and oxygen molecules <laughs> in the right order. Uh, I'm James Archer. Has this ever happened to you? <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Lovely. Well, thank you very much for that little chat. A beans-heavy time travel episode of the season two, episode 13 of the Electronic Wireless Show, Rock Paper Shotgun's PC gaming podcast. You can find Rock Paper Shotgun on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok by searching Rock Paper Shotgun. But for all your PC gaming needs, just go to www.rockpapershotgun.com. Remember to join the Discord. The link is in the show notes. And uh, until next week... Just have have a lovely time, really. That's what Happy I'd trails, say. partner. Happy trails, partner, indeed. So it's goodbye from me, Alice Bell. It's goodbye from Dracula Nate. Goodbye! <laughs> sound like you were flying away. <laughs> I was. <laughs> and goodbye from James. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.